Good morning. Christmas is coming. I wonder how you're feeling about Christmas this year. Maybe you're excited about it. Maybe you are kind of apprehensive about Christmas. Um, maybe you're a little anxious about all that this Christmas season might bring, or maybe you're just totally dreading the whole thing. In our house, we have kind of a, a mixture of all of those emotions going on. On one hand, we are incredibly excited about it. Yesterday, I, I had the Jamie Oliver Christmas cookbook out. I was planning our festive menu. I've been seeing the Coca-Cola advert on TV, and I feel like whenever that comes on, Christmas is right around the corner. I've never seen so many Christmas trees up in people's houses in November yet. Um, so it feels like we're getting into the, the Christmas spirit. My wife has bought our baby a little um, elf costume, so she's getting really excited. So on one level, we're excited, um, but on another level, there is kind of this elephant in the room, isn't there? And the elephant in the room is that Christmas this year is going to look different. It's going to look different to what we are used to. What is usually a season of celebration and fun and festivities and incredible food and time with friends and family has kind of been marked by a sense of pain, marked by a sense of disappointment or frustration or loss or, or, or worry. The story of Christmas this year is being spoken to a world on the brink. We're still in a global pandemic. There is a collective sense of grief and ache. People have lost loved ones. People have lost jobs and, and become ruined financially, less lost businesses. There's a loneliness pandemic. People are struggling with mental health issues. And here's the truth. People have never needed hope more than they do right now. People have never needed good news more than they do right now. People have never needed the story of Christmas more than they do right now. Christmas tells a story unlike any other story. It is a story so compelling and, and beautiful and expansive and hope-filled. And I believe that if we are to communicate this story to our world well, it would change everything for people. And this story is all about Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope. Christmas is an opportunity to tell afresh the story of Jesus into a world so desperately in need of hope. And so today we are launching a brand new sermon series simply called Jesus. Simply called Jesus. We are inviting our church and our city once again to gaze upon him, to hear about him and to encounter Jesus afresh. And so if you, if you have a Bible, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read one of the classic Christmas texts. We're going to start in verse 18. I'm going to read it out and the words will appear on the screen. It's what it says. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her 
is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. If you are making notes and want a sermon title for this message, you can just write those four words down. God is with us. These four words carry so much power, carry so much potency, carry so much dynamite that if only our world understood this, everything would change. God is with us. About 11 weeks ago, uh, my wife and I had our first baby called Ivy. And in the build-up to it, um, I was feeling, uh, maybe you can imagine, pretty nervous, uh, a sense of anxiety, unsure of what was going to happen. I spoke to my dad, and I said, Dad, what's it like having a baby? Uh, What was it like when you had me? And dad said, "Um, son, um, it was the best and the worst day of my life. And I didn't really understand what he meant by that. And then we went through it. And I can totally understand. It it was the best and the worst day of my life. It was so beautiful and yet so painful. It was so glorious but so messy. There were moments of great anxiety and uncertainty and pain, but also moments of joy and just peace and, and hope. Um, There was weeping and there was laughter. And one of the most beautiful things that Hannah and I got to experience in the whole process of of giving birth is we navigated the ups and the downs, the joys and the trials, the uncertainty, the anxiety, all of that. We got to experience how close God was throughout the whole thing, how near he was. In every moment, God was with us. And it was, it was remarkable. There's something about being in, in a, a moment of trial or trauma or stress or pain or anxiety that the presence of God is near unlike any other. And, and this isn't because he's, he's present then and not other times, but I think it's because we need him more in those moments. There's a pastor and a preacher, Bible teacher from the States called Tim Keller, And he's a remarkable man. Uh, Many think of him as the kind of C.S. Lewis for the 21st century. And he's recently been diagnosed with a severe form of pancreatic cancer. And he just a couple of weeks ago did an interview with Nikki Gumbel from HTB. It's a brilliant interview. You should check it out if you've not already. And and he discovered that he had this life-threatening illness, which was going to significantly shorten his life unless there was a miracle there. And this is what he said. He said, you know, as Christians, we say that God is available experientially. And when you actually get up every day knowing you can't get through the day unless you experience God today, unless you go to him and seek him in prayer, seek his presence, when you actually go after it, you begin to realize that he really is there. He really is available, that communion with him is actually real. At the heart of the Christmas story is the incredible truth that God is with us. God is with us. Whatever you're going through right now, God is with you. You may feel alone, but you are not alone. God is with 
us. And I'm just going to take each one of those words in that four-word sentence and unpack it a little bit to explore what it means that God is with us today. The first word is this, God. You see, the unique claim of the Christmas and Christian story is that Jesus was not an ordinary man. Jesus was God himself. In that very first Christmas, the baby that was born was no ordinary baby. The same God that breathed the universe into existence had then entered into it. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of God. Maybe you think of God as kind of like big gray beard, sitting on clouds, kind of iPod in, listening to gospel music, kind of oblivious to what's going on here on earth. But actually that could not be further from the truth. God is not a distant God. He's not a dormant God. He's not a dead God. He's not far away. He's not hard to reach. He's not hard to get hold of. He's not oblivious to the pain of humanity. In fact, he entered into it in that first Christmas. The message translation of John chapter 1, Eugene Peterson says this, the word of God, that's God himself, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God in Jesus put on skin and bones and entered into humanity. The infinite became an infant. The all-knowing one became a babbling baby. As one song puts it, the author climbed inside the page. Charles Spurgeon said this, he said, He who spans the heavens and holds the ocean in the hollow of his hand condescended to earth to become a baby. The king eternal become a little child. This is God with us. As that baby slept soundly on that first Christmas night, he was simultaneously holding the stars together. He was God. He was not an ordinary baby. This baby grew up and became a boy who became a man who lived and died for humanity. Why did he do that? Well, God knew knew that we couldn't make our way to him. Every other religion on earth says, here's what you need to do to climb the ladder to get up to God. But he knew we couldn't do that. The name Jesus itself tells us something of his purpose. The name Jesus literally means God saves Jesus came to earth to save us, to rescue us, to redeem us, to set us free. God came to us because we would not come to him. We could not come to him. In Jesus, God came near. Charles Spurgeon goes on to say, There was no way of saving us but by stooping to us. To bring earth up to heaven, he must bring heaven down to earth. This is what God did at Christmas. He came to rescue us. This is God. God is real. God is available. He is close. He is tangibly, experientially available to every single one of us, and he's with us. That's God. The second word in those four word sentences is It may seem an inconsequential word, almost you pass over it as you go through, but I believe that this word is, is incredibly significant. Because God being with us isn't part of a once upon a time story. The word is shows us that it is very much in the present. It's not just something that happened 2,000 years ago, but it is the forever mingling of, of the divine with the human. It is not God was with us, but God is with us. Right here, right now, in 2020, 
today. Whatever you're going through, God is with you. Whatever you're struggling with, God is with you. Jesus is still called Emmanuel. God is still with us. He hasn't left us in 2020. The pandemic hasn't thrown him. It hasn't caught him off guard. It hasn't surprised him at all. God is. God is. God is still on the throne. God is still in control. God is still faithful. God is still close. God is still listening. God is still working. God is still doing miracles. God is still healing the sick. God is still delivering demons. God is still redeeming. He's still calling. He's still building the church. God is still sanctifying the body and changing lives today. God is today. He is as with us today as he has ever been, which means there is hope, church, because even if our lives don't look as we want them to, we still have him. We still have Jesus. He is with us. Even if everything else is falling apart, he is with us. Corrie ten Boom famously said, you may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. In this season, we have an opportunity as everything else has been shaken away to simply see Jesus, to know him as the only one that can truly satisfy our souls. Someone once said, if you have nothing, but you have Jesus, then you have everything. I wonder if this Christmas, with everything that's going on, we could embrace the shaking. It's an opportunity to See Jesus for who he is. He is. He is. The third word is with. It's not just the fact that Jesus came to us that is astonishing, but it's the way that he came to earth. Everything Jesus did was to show us how with us he is. If you were God, I wonder how you would come and, and, and announce your uh, entry to the world. If it was me, um, I think I would, I would make a fanfare of it. I would skateboard down from heaven. I'd skateboard. I'd skateboard down from heaven, maybe with some like um, Power Rangers music. It would be pumped, electric guitars. Everyone would be excited. Everyone would say, wow, there's God. I, I don't know why skateboarding, but still, there's God. And everyone would know about it. And yet, Jesus didn't do that at all. There was no fanfare. Um, he came as a baby. Think about that. Jesus, God himself, was born as a baby, like, I'm allowed to say this because I have a baby, but babies don't do anything. They like eat, sleep, and poo. That's literally all babies do. And so God came as a baby. What an anticlimax. Imagine, like, we've heard that God is here. Where is God? There's God. That doesn't look like God. It looks like a baby. Like, God couldn't speak for the first two years of his life. It's incredible. And human babies are like the worst of all babies. I mean, they're the cutest. I love babies. This is going to sound really bad. But human babies, they don't do anything. Like a giraffe baby gets born and five minutes later is walking around. Human babies don't do anything. And yet God chose to come as a human baby. You're wondering what my point is. My point is this. God becoming a baby shows us that he is more with us than we ever thought. He emptied himself of strength so that he could identify with us. He repositioned himself from heaven, the glory of heaven, to the most humble of places on earth 
so that he could stand with us. Suddenly, the infinite God needed to take naps. Suddenly, the infinite God who knows the numbers of hairs on your head needed to learn. Suddenly, the infinite God who is all-powerful and sovereign over all things needed to flee from danger. The infinite God who needs nothing, who is God all by himself, needed to be fed and bathed and wiped. God was with us. But he, he didn't just come to us. He became one of us. Dallas Willard writes this. He says, He slipped into our world through the back roads and outlying districts of one of the least important places on earth. He lived for 30 years among socially insignificant members of a negligible nation, though one with a rich tradition of divine covenant and interaction. He grew up in the home of the carpenter for the little Middle Eastern village of Nazareth. After his father Joseph died, he became the man of the house and he helped his mother raise the rest of the family. He was an ordinary workman, a blue-collar worker. He did all of this to be with us, to be one of us. And as Jesus grew up, he experienced what it meant to be human to the full. He experienced friendship and he experienced loss. He experienced laughter and weeping. He had a family and he grieved. He got angry at injustice and he loved to party. He learned. He was tempted, but he never sinned. He worked an ordinary job. He experienced every human emotion you could imagine. He was betrayed by one of his closest friends. He was abandoned by others. He was abused. He was misrepresented. He was accused. He was ultimately tortured and murdered. He went through all of this so that when you go through it, he can say, hey, I am with you. In the valley, I am with you. In the wilderness, I am with you. In the storm, I am with you. In the pandemic, I am with you. In the loss that you go through, in your loneliness, in your mistakes, in your grief, in your failure, I am with you. Church, he is with you. He is with you. When you are blessed, he is with you rejoicing. When you are alone, he's with you as a companion. When you're sick, he's with you as healer. When you are lost, he's with you as guide. When you're hurting, he's with you as a comforter. When you're weak, he's with you as your strength. When you're under attack, he's with you as your defense. When you are afraid, he's with you as peace. When you are in sin, he's with you as savior. God is with you right now. Do you know that he's with you? If I just have one point today, it's simply he is with you. You're not alone. God is with us. The final word is us. Church, this is incredible news. But it is not news just for me. And it is not news just for you. This is news for our streets, our neighborhoods. This is news for our city. This is news for Yorkshire. This is news for the UK. This is news for the whole world. For anyone and everyone, this news is for us. As the angels declared to their shepherds on that first Christmas night, behold, I come with good news of great joy for all people. God has come with this news for us. There are hurting hearts in our city who need some hope this Christmas. There are people struggling and lost and broken and in pain. Will we reach out? Will we do something? Will we love people enough to invite them to know Jesus this Christmas? God is with us. Whatever you're going through, church, God is with us. If your neighbors are struggling, God is with them. 
And for so many people across our city that are struggling, he's inviting them to lift their gaze and come to know him. Because in Jesus, everything changes. He is the hope of the world. He is the answer we're searching for. He is the king of all kings. Let this Christmas, with everything that's going on, be about Jesus. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you that you are the hope of the world. We thank you that you are light in the darkness. We thank you that you so loved the world that you sent Jesus into our world, into our mess, into our brokenness, that we might experience life, that we might know you and be loved by you and walk with you every single day. Father, for every heart that is struggling, that is watching this right now, I pray you would meet them, that they would know that you are present, that you are with them, you are for them, that you will never leave them nor forsake them. Holy Spirit, fall afresh in every home in Jesus' name. Thank you that you are with us. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you for joining me. It's been wonderful to have you. And don't forget, Next Sunday, the 13th, is our Welcome Home Sunday. Get signed up. It's going to be incredible. We can't wait to have you there. God bless. Love you, church. Take care.